Welcome to Musically and Technically Speaking, a podcast where music and technology intersect. Hosted by Brenda Minch and Carol Brose. Tonight's topic. What makes a musician? Notes or musicality? Alright folks, it's time for another session of Musically and Technically Speaking. And this Today we have um, Jennifer and Carol with uh, with me on the uh, podcast, and we have kind of already in our Skype call started discussing a program and decided maybe it was time to hit record. So, right, Carol, what are we discussing? We are discussing who is the musician. Is it the child that knows all the notes and can play all the notes, but they play them very almost like a machine because they know the notes? Or is it the child that can take those notes and it's totally lyrical and beautiful? Like on recorder or whatever instrument they have, they make it sound like true music, but they can't read a note. Who is the musician? Or even does it matter? Does it matter? Right. Okay, so this is kind of ties into a conversation I have been attempting to have with um, one of my uh teachers here at my school uh he's spending a lot of time well i don't know a lot of time he's spending time and he's getting frustrated with that his vocal students at the high school level do not know the letter names of the notes and i have um been expressing to him that i don't really think that that is the best way to spend his time vocally because as a vocalist a the letter a means nothing to me unless i have perfect pitch which very few students do so what I would rather he spend his time on is like the relationship of the notes. And so now you're kind of back to, okay, we're reading, but we're not reading. I mean, when you teach a, a choral piece, there's two ways to go about that, right? You can teach it to them um, with the notes on the page and not give them any notes at all. And they have to figure everything out. Or you can play it for them or sing it for them. And then they can sing it back to you and learn it by rote. And then they just have to figure out how their part fits in with the other parts. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you're talking about here. Right. I mean, I want, maybe because I'm a vocal major. I don't know. Maybe I'm so out there. I mean, I I was in the band and I played piano. So it's not like I was just one of those, couldn't read the notes. I read the notes. Um, I think it's it's how, how to make music lyrical and musical. That's the goal. So it's not being able to, to be able to read every single note and have every single note perfect. It's conveying a musical thought that's our final destination the musical thought and how you get there is all different ways whether it's by listening to a cd and memorizing it whether it's looking at the notes and memorizing it that way or whether it's a combination of both it's how do you get to the point where you're making music where you're actually there and that's hard because you know in our i think as we all three of us have to do concerts when the kids finally have the music memorized and doing everything, that's when our job begins, really. Making that music 
out to the audience. So that's my goal. I mean, if the kids learn notes, they learn notes. But hopefully they see the purpose of learning notes because then you can you can go faster. But not necessarily. I mean... What do you I mean, think, Jen? What do you think? Um, the more I think about it, I think I, I agree more and more. Because I know with my choir kids, I don't focus on the note names either. I focus on, you know, the, the intervals between them and things like that. But I know with my third and fourth graders as well, I do a lot of the teaching the songs by rote, especially with the limited time I have with them. It's, you know, the expressive qualities of making it sound like music as opposed to just something that a computer could e easily do by just programming it a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, so, but are we robbing our students of, of essential knowledge later on in life by not forcing them to really... Because, okay, what I'm hearing here basically is that by not, te not teaching the notes and getting straight to the musicality, we're kind of cutting corners so that we can get to the musicality more quickly. Would we all agree with that? But I think that's what society is all about. I mean, these kids memorize songs, lickety-split, bingo. I mean, they are, they get an, an iTunes song, and they get the song down in like three hearings. And I think that's great. And once you got it down, then you can nick, you can really nitpick and say, look at Right here is where it's a quarter and eighth. You start using those musical terms, and that's when it really, you know, there's a quarter eighth here. You got to you got to work on this little section. Do you see that? And when you bring it up to them, they look at it and go, "Oh yeah, that's the quarter eighth. That's how you teach it. You don't say, "Okay, everyone's tap out the whole rhythm in the beginning," because I think once we do that, we make it very computerish. We're tapping out the, you know, it's taking those little snippets. Okay, look at there. You know, it goes from an F to an A. You're trying to go from an F to a B flat. You know, that is, we take the little snippets. That's when we do our music. That's when we teach our music. And I know when I do... Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. I was going to say, I do instruments with, with all of my kids. I do recorders in third through sixth, and then guitar in seventh and eighth. And we do go over note reading, but I know for some kids, even going over it in class, they're still doing things such as writing their notes in underneath um, or writing fingerings or other things like that because they're not reading it on the staff. They need something else to kind of make that connection. And when I started, I try, I discouraged that a lot, but I know for some kids that's what they need. And if it helps them make that connection to, to being able to, to make, you know, to play the songs and start learning music and focusing more on, technique and musicality I've kind of readjusted my thoughts on that as I've gone yeah, yeah. I agree totally Although, so, okay, like I said, but do you think that part of the reason because I think you know if you look at some of my old blogs you'll see that I've reflected a little bit on um how I taught my first two years of teaching and my first two years of teaching I basically did a lot I spent a lot a lot a lot of time teaching how to read a rhythm and how to read a note and I think the reason I did that was because for where I was at in my own musical career, those things were important for me, right? Because that's how I processed music at that point, at the age of 20-something, was I put, you know, the music down in front of me and I got sat down at the piano and I played it. And so I was trying to help my students process music in a similar fashion. But when I was in second grade, that is not how I process music. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, and Brenda, you hit it right on. When you said when I first started teaching, I think beginning teachers 
they think I'm going to have every kid read music. I don't know why. And I did the same thing. I had worksheets. I can't believe I had worksheets. I'm trying to do note names. Carol, you had worksheets in your classroom? I did. I did too. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? My kids were not good musicians. But you know what? The more I got rid of that and made music where they felt good about themselves and we were all singing together and making music, the kids were pumped. And because I got them to make music and feel that musicality coming through together, then I could teach the next, then I could say, okay, well, now we got a quarter eighth here. And that's how it is. If they already knew the song, I could show them what it was, as opposed to teaching them the notes first and then doing it. They bought into it much easier. Well, and they already, I think because music is so much about how things feel, like not like the emotional feeling, but, you know, how does it feel to have a quarter note beat? You have to experience that yourself. You can't just do it a theological or theoretical explanation of um, how beats are equal distance apart. That doesn't make sense when you're starting out. You have to feel how, you know, you have to move your body this speed all of the time to make an even tempo. Right, right. And I think that's exactly what i'm talking about and i and i'll tell you i got my fourth graders we're doing the holiday concert i out of the three songs one of them i typed out the words the other two were using it with the music and how to read the first and second endings and how to do all of that i didn't make it easy for them and they were like oh this is but you know what we got through it and they figured it out and um at least they know how to read that type of stuff that type of music but there were a lot of kids that memorized within two listenings and guess what? They're off the paper. They're not even looking at the paper. And I allow that. I don't make the kids um, look at, if they want to sit and listen instead of looking, they can do that. Yeah. I did the exact same thing when we were working on this one piece for our upcoming concert. You know, I had, it was from our book. We, I had the books out. Some of them looked at the books and helped follow along that way. Others just listened. And kids learn different ways, too. It's something we have right. to constantly right. think about is there are different styles of learning. And that's exactly it. And it's interesting because there are the kids that have to have the words and the notes, and there's certain kids that just have to have the listening. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so making good musicians, that's the name of uh, our this topic, I guess. Yeah, I think I agree. Well, and I mean, almost everybody comes into music because, you know, they have that one song on the radio that really makes them like want to get up and dance or that one song on the radio that really, you know, makes them think about something sad in their life. But the reason people get involved in music is because it connects with them on a different level than just logical thinking. Right. And if we, I agree, Brenda, with you. It's it's the feeling, but I know what you mean. It's the making it all around making sense. Yeah. Right. And it's well, and it, because the music is making connection with you, I think that is something then that we need to teach our students how to do is how to help them have the music that they're making connect with other people. Yeah, we need to show them how it connects with themselves, but we also need to show them how that music is beyond, it's outside of you. It's mm-hmm. the audience that you're performing for as well, even if that audience is just the other second graders in your class. Right. And on that final note, here is the final thing and why what we're talking about matters. So is Stevie Wonder not a musician? He doesn't. He's blind. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, thanks, everyone. This has been good. I, I like this topic tonight. I did, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like more information on any of the topics we discussed, all the links are on the blog.